What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here's the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, your host. I am a certified animal chiropractor, ex-consciousness facilitator, talk to the animals practitioner, and animal wizard. And I'm here today, the show is here today to empower you to know what you know about your animal. So today we're going to talk beyond animal body language with our regular guest, Anna Malera, professional dog trainer. Um, hi, Anna. Hello, everybody. Um, and a couple of questions that we're going to go through today is there more beyond the waggly tail? Um, would you like to have the whole story instead of just bits and pieces of what your animal's animal and animal body is trying to tell you. Um, do you have trouble reading your animal's body language? Are you aware there's more to your to what your animal is communicating you um, with their body language? I lost my question. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going back. I'm going back. Oh, that was it. Okay, cool. So join me and Anna Malera, professional dog trainer, owner of Training or Grace in Lakewood. Um, as we have a conversation about what's beyond your animal's body language and what it's trying to tell you. So throughout this hour, I invite you to ask questions, share your animal stories, and join us on this radio adventure. Um, you can reach us in a variety of ways. You can call them in at 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, in the UK, it's 033-0001-0625. You can always Skype them in at a2zen.fm. You can chat them in at www.a2zen.fm. Along the top red line, choose chat room, follow directions, come on in. Um, and then before we get to my guests, let's ask all of our animals to join us today um, on the show. And what would they like the world to know? So Anna's been with us about monthly now, which is so cool that um, she's got the pragmatic and the practical tools to dogs and dog training. And, and today we're going to take a step into the direction of mixing a little bit of that with a little more of access clearings to allow some more space around all of this and, and what your relationship could be with your animals. Anna's been working with dogs and their families for almost two decades. She's originally from New York uh, and has been here in, in Colorado, um, where I'm at, um, in the suburb of Denver, for more than 13 years. She is a certified professional dog trainer and a member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers and a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Phew! She is a canine good citizen evaluator. Um, she owns her own um, training center, Training with Grace, um, and that's trainingwithgrace.com. If you want to grab her at a later time, you can email her directly at Anna at trainingwithgrace.com, or you can call 303-238-DOGS, which is 3647. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited for the show. <laughs> I know. What 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 can we create today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So um I want to I want to dive in. 
Okay, where did you want to start? <laughs> you got the nuts well, and bolts, and I'm just yeah, going to, like, yeah. peep in here and there. Yeah, the dog body language, wow, oh, my gosh, it's a... Uh, I could do a week-long seminar um, on on just dog body language and and reading and dissecting it. And and there are many, many different things that most people tend to kind of know. Some people will say, like, oh, the dog doesn't like it when, uh, or uh, or he likes this, or or it makes him really happy to see me when I get home or or whatever. So so for most for the most part, people have a general idea of uh, of, um, of some body language, um, and I believe that even without knowing, we know uh, some things that that our dogs give us. Um, but as far as um, body language and and uh, bits and pieces, like all the different uh, things that they can show us, um, we can look at everything from. Uh, pupil dilation to lip licking and uh, hair standing up on their back and position of tail and the speed of wagging and the standing on the tippy toes or leaning back, turning their head away, uh, blinking, ear position. There's so many and and and, and so many different, um, uh, for example, position of tail, you can have... Uh, many different positions of the tail. It's not just, well, the tail is wagging. That means the dog is happy. So so dog body so, language is complex just just as far as dog body language is. Go ahead. So, so I'm going to yeah. jump in. So everything that Anna just listed there and everywhere you went into overwhelm um, yeah. <laughs> around all of that stuff, and am I going to be able to pick up on it, and what, it's, what is it trying to tell me? Can we uncreate and destroy it all? Times a godzillion, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, poc, all nine, boy, shorts, and beyonds. So for those of you that have been with us a, it's me a, a while now, that is the clearing statement from Access Consciousness. You can learn more about that at theclearingstatement.com. It's basically short speak to scrub away or unstick um, any place you are limiting yourself. So that's a brief on that. But what I want to go back just another step, which was really funny because when we were talking about what we were going to talk about, I'm like, we need to go backwards and talk about body language. And Anna's like, oh, that's not backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah. all the time kind of thing. So yeah. so did you want to talk about position of the tail more? Because I did interrupt you. Yeah. You know, no, no, not what? not specifically. I think I think that I I want to kind of put a few things on the table cool. as far as what we look at for in in what in what I was referring to um, to my husband yesterday when I was telling him about our our our, uh, our seminar our workshop yesterday uh, about the regular world um, the world that uh, the the regular world the real world the regular world um, that we that we live in. Uh, there's the all the regular stuff, the body language that you can see, and then there's the um, then there's the reading between the lines of mm-hmm. what families tell us. So when I come to see a family in their home, they may tell me the facts, but I'm also reading between the lines. So whatever they're telling me, I'm also getting other information. So if they say, "Oh, the dog lays here. He likes to watch the world." you know, walk by and, and other dogs go by and whatever, he likes to sit in this window, I may also read that this dog might be feeling that he's responsible for everything that walks by or is guarding his territory. I might I might find that as well. So so there's the reading between the lines. Then there's uh, also the 
actually listening to the dog. Uh, sometimes I'm sitting in with the family, listening to what the family is saying, and the dog will approach me and tell me that's not exactly it. And when and they don't English, they don't they don't just come out and say it in English and say uh, she's lying <laughs> or that's <laughs> not it or she thinks that that's what it means but that's not true. Uh, what generally what generally happens is the dog might come out and tell me. Uh, like the family might say, well, we try to make him sit at the door, but he just won't sit. And the dog will back up into me and show me his back. And I start stroking him, and I might feel, oh, sweetie, you've got some pain back there. I might note that he's got some pain or discomfort. So he's giving me information that he's not trying to be defiant necessarily to his family. He's not trying to say, no, I'm not going to sit because I'm a tough guy, but I'm not going to sit because my back hurts. So that's a, that's a simple example, but those are the kinds of other things that I, um, as far as dog body language and beyond, uh, it's not just about him be limping because that one would be an obvious one. There, there's more to it than that. Um, so, so that's 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 what I want to lay on the table to start. Cool. So yeah, let's go back to the the guarding at the door, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I. I I hear that too. You probably hear it way more. Oh, they mm-hmm. just like to watch the world go by. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they may be, like you said, guarding, keeping an eye on everything. Just, and what we talk about in Access is what is job? And so sometimes they they give themselves their own job. Sometimes it's given by the owners that they may or may not even be aware of. Um, and then what does this job mean to the animal? And and therefore what kind of, quote, behavior or body language we get from there. So just a couple mm-hmm. questions for our listeners to, like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. my dog have a job? Yeah. What job did they give themselves? Huh, yeah, what does exactly. this actually mean to what's going on here? So just a few questions on that because, yeah, that's that's what it, they, they could be guarding the house. That could be the job they gave themselves. Mm-hmm. It could be the job the owner gave them. And yeah. it may be perfectly yeah. cool. Yeah, it, sometimes it's perfectly cool, and oftentimes it isn't. People will call me because the dog is barking and growling at everything that walks by their house. However, uh, you know, I, I might I might tell them, hey, you know, that's part of the issue that they're having, maybe being reactive on leash or um, nipping at uh, uh, friends and family that come over uh, because they may have appointed themselves to this job simply because we didn't give them a job that was important mm-hmm. to them. So, uh, so, so, um, so just walking through that particular example, uh, something that's fairly common is um, the family will you know, come to me with that, that, that issue or that problem, and I will turn around and say, well, what kind of exercise do they, uh, is this dog, does this dog have on a regular basis? And when I'm asking about exercise, I'm not just asking – uh, you know, how many laps around the yard does the dog run, or do you take him out for a run, or does he play frisbee or something else? What I'm looking for is what kind of mental stimulation does this dog have? Does he get to get his food out of a of a toy or a puzzle? Does he get to go for walks? Does he get to go for power walks or sniff walks? Does he get to go play frisbee? Does he do agility? Does he do scent work? So what does this dog get to do as um it's a contribution to to his world and and when i get that uh the response of well i can't take him for a walk because he's such a jerk on the leash or 
uh, well, we've got, you know, a really big yard, and he just runs around and barks and fights with the neighbor dogs. That's not really what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is what I, what I had mentioned earlier is some, something more constructive. And if the dog doesn't have something that's constructive or meaningful, they generally will appoint themselves some other kind of a job, whether it's marking your furniture or uh, guarding uh, the door or the window uh, or hiding and, and putting their bones away and then possibly arguing with the cat or the other household dog. Uh, and so the, the jobs come out or the jobs that they give themselves sometimes appear as a nuisance behavior. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or the one job that they do at home so well that they may not need to do on leash. Um, yes. And, and what if you can have a conversation about this is what I'd like you to do at home, this is what I would like you to do on leash along with, and that's why Anna's here, all this practical stuff. Like, you got a lot, let's say you got a lot of information from the owners. Well, you know, I don't take him on walks because he does this. We don't do this because he does this, and you don't do this. Yeah, okay, so we 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 have some holes here. We have mm-hmm. some, you know, holes in what maybe this, this dog would like to do yeah. and and if he's doing that he may be more willing to just go okay this is my job home as long as I get to do x y and z at the dog park or you know whatever ends up working for that family yeah um, the, the, it, it's interesting to see because I think that's also what I have learned as a dog trainer is that oftentimes uh, or I used to anyway I used to uh, decide that this is the dog that the dog this is the job that the dog has to have uh, rather than listen to the dog and the family and decide that um, a different job is more appropriate or a more um, or a different job is more desired uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that those things are pretty important uh, to to make sure that we're listening to the dog and what they're looking for. Uh, I remember uh, years ago somebody uh, told me that their dog um, just didn't like agility, so they didn't want to. They they weren't going to continue agility. And I took it personally, and I was insulted, and I was like, "Every dog loves agility," <laughs> and and she she left with her dog and and never came back and did agility. She ended up doing uh, therapy dog work. And she was mm-hmm. very, very happy doing therapy dog work. But she knew, she knew to ask her dog. And her dog said, you know, this isn't really my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather sit on, um, on the laps of the elderly and get stroked and petted. And I'd like to visit with people that are not feeling well. And I'd like to make them feel better. And uh, I, was, I was very, um, uh, you know, this is before I knew anything about, about li- really, truly listening to dogs. Um, and I was very insulted, and, and it was, you know, my ego was very bruised. Um, and uh, I, you know, I think about it now, and I was like, oh, silly little dog trainer, <laughs> um, because I really, I really didn't know, I didn't know that there was more. Um, and and now, when when people say, well, you know, I really want the dog to do agility, or I really want the dog to do a, a certain sport or a certain game, uh, I will tell them, um, hey, let's, why don't we ask the dog? Let's figure it out. <laughs> and I wonder what they think about that. So how cool is that? Let's take a break and come back. And then I've got a couple more questions about, um, yeah, the not liking a stuff and what maybe body language we see with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. 
what would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us today on Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Again, I would like to invite you to join us with your questions and your animals and check out e- check out just how easy it is. There we go. On um, the chat in your question at www.a2zen.fm, click on chat room along the top of the homepage. You can reach me directly later with questions at drandy at harpersridge.com and Anna at anna at trainingwithgrace.com. So now um, back to our amazing animals. So you brought up the story about um, a gal that she she communicated with her animal and he didn't want to do agility anymore. So what kind of things was she possibly picking up, or what do you see from the animals in their body when they're not wanting to do a certain thing? It may not have to be agility. It may be going through a door. It may be going up to a certain person, you know, all of that stuff. What what kind of body stuff do they do? As far as the visual stuff, things that you can see in your dog that they do when they don't want to do something, uh, it can be as simple as hesitating. Uh, I recall uh, a time with my dog, Gracie, years ago when we were first doing agility. Uh, she is a very, very good jumper. She's, she had always been a very, very um, a, a good jumper. She could jump very high, and she had a long, beautiful stride. And we came up to a jump that was probably 20 inches uh, tall, and she could easily glide over that. And I had her come up to the jump and I said jump and she went around it and she went around it and I said what the heck is that about I'm like get your little butt over here do this now and she jumped um she she went around it a couple of times and then finally she jumped and then she started limping uh and um I didn't listen to her and I was I was a bit upset with myself because uh, first, ego got in the way because we were the best in the class, and I wanted to make sure that we were continuing to be the best in the class, and and uh, everybody was watching, um, and that really mattered to me that we were the best in the class. And and here she was telling me, Mama, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do this. And and for that that particular reason was because she knew that she could probably hurt herself if she did the jump, and she ultimately did it for me. Um, and um, and that was one of those lessons that I learned that, hey, you know what, if the dog tells you they don't want to do it, there's probably a reason behind it. Um, and that was a fairly simple one that the dog said, hey, I don't want to do this because I'm already experiencing whether it's a little bit of pain or um, some discomfort, and I have a feeling that if I try this, I'll probably hurt myself worse. 
So, um, so anyway, I didn't listen to her. Um, mm-hmm. As far as other bits of body language, you might see uh, if your dog tends to have a more open or loose mouth, uh, an open mouth, like a panting open mouth, and they, uh, you ask them to do something like sit, and the dog's mouth closes and they lip lick and keep their mouth shut as they try to do what you're asking them to do, it's very likely that they don't want to do it for whatever the reason might be. Uh, Sometimes I will ask a dog to sit, and if the dog is too close to a dog that they don't trust or a person that they don't trust, they will position themselves away from that person and then maybe close their mouth, lick their lips, and then sit. Those are mild, but we should read them. We should be able to pay attention to them. We should take the time to pay attention to them. That's my opinion. Uh, my, um, my, my, I guess, guidance is that we need to take a look at that because if they're telling us in visual body language, it's our job to take a look and pay attention. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think those terms are thrown around in the dog world. You know, they're panting, they're lick-lipping, they're lip-licking, lick-lipping. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, you know, it's thrown around, but quote unquote, when is that a problem? And and I, you know, so that was really good to go through it when you're asking yeah. something, and then you're seeing it. Um, and so that's awesome. Give people a little bit of more of oh, if I'm seeing this, then, you know, because we we throw these terms around, but we don't always get the when do they occur? Do we should we be more yeah. aware of what's going on? Yeah. And, and I think that when, when we see these things, so those are real subtle um, uh, uh, signals. Um, and, and, and honestly, when I see them, I believe that they're very obvious, but they're very subtle to those that aren't mm-hmm. trained. Mm-hmm. So if you look at um, from person to person, uh, if you walk into a social setting and uh, you walk in and you see someone that you might not be too friendly with and they're talking and laughing and all of a sudden you catch each other's eyes uh, and all of a sudden you see that they close their mouth, they clench their jaw and cross their arms and you see their, ar- their face go um, stiff or tight. You know what that means. They're not too mm-hmm. terribly happy to see you. Uh, whereas if you see somebody uh, in a social setting across the room and they, uh, um, they drop their arms, they um, push their shoulders back, they uh, look directly at you, their mouth um, uh, opens into a smile, uh, and they start walking towards you. You know, that's a very welcoming, wow, I'm so excited to see you, uh, body language. So f- from human to human, it's very easy to read because we are human and we've been living it however long we've been on the planet. Uh, so we learn these things, uh, you know, from, from babyhood all the way up to, you know, whatever age we're at now. Uh, as far as dogs are concerned, it's not as clear to us because we're not used to it. It's a whole different species. However, there's a lot of information, a lot of body language that does cross over. So, for example, the tightening of the mouth or the pursing of the lips or, or uh, even the lip licking, that if you uh, look at why dogs do it, it often mirrors why we do it. Right? So there are some things that do cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I wish I, I wish I could like go on like uh, and list like you know every last little bit. So we had every every um, uh, every form of body language and communication out there. Um, but I know we want to cover a whole bunch of stuff. Um, as, as far as when the dog gives us some information. Uh, visually with body language, I think that's important to take note of it. Uh, I've had families that will call me up and tell me, oh, you know, I noticed that every time the other dog comes around while he's chewing on his bone, he shows his teeth or he'll growl or he will um, eat his food faster. Uh, Those are fairly clear signals to humans that something's up. Sometimes um, they may not know exactly what it is, but giving me that information can give me a head start as far as what recommendations I can give them. I might simply say, hey, you know what, when this dog is eating out of his food bowl, please make sure that the other dog is put away or behind a baby gate or in their crate as not to disturb this dog. We will go ahead and do more once I come to your home. Uh, And so that might prevent a fight between, you know, between the phone call and the home visit. Yeah, and that and that's really good information because a lot of owners don't get that. They yeah. they almost they limit themselves. They almost assume that the dogs live in the house. They're fine when they're out playing with the ball. They're fine sleeping in the same bed. That they must like each other twenty four seven three sixty five. Yep. And so they may not even correlate that the dog walking by because they're friends and they like each other. That that is an issue when it comes to food. Um, and and so you know, kind of everywhere where you assume all the dogs like each other in the household and they will get along all the time, can create and destroy all that times a godzillion, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine, boy shorts, and beyonds. Um, it's just like maybe you know I've got teenage boys here. One has a donut. One tries to reach for it. There's a fight. You know, and so I mean, it it can correlate that way. I mean, it's a little funny and a little extreme, but they live with each other. They kind of like each other most of the time, but not when a donut's around. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that's awesome to to point that out. Um, I do you have anything else? Because I do have a question, and I don't know if it's going to change the subject. Is a wagging tail always happy to see you? Nope. <laughs> nope. We we get flagging tails. We get stiff tails. We get oh vibrating gosh. tails. Oh. We get tails that are at a at a low level. Uh, we also have to look at the um, the breed of the dog. So if we're talking about an Akita with a tail curled over her back versus a lab that carries their tail. Uh, about level with their back versus a whippet that carries their tail uh, tucked between their legs uh, or or at least low. Uh, we're we're looking. We've got to look at different. And then and then there's the dogs that have cropped tails uh, or 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 simply are are born without tails or have a damaged tail. Uh, so there's a a lot of stuff that goes on there that, that, that just visually that um, uh, we have to kind of. Um, take into consideration before we decide, oh, well, the tail was wagging. I don't understand why he bit. Uh, when a tail So you is hear wagging, that, right? Oh, yeah, all the time. We hear it okay. all the time. Okay, yeah, now, cool. when a tail is wagging, I could do a seminar only on tails. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> when a tail is wagging, we want, and, 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 and we're looking for friendly, we're, we're looking for easy and relaxed. When a tail is wagging, it should be, Wagging with the body. And so I'm looking for a tail wag from about the neck 
all the way down to the tip of the tail. And it's a very swishy, um, waggly, uh, soft. It even feels good to see it. Uh, and so it's, it's swishing back and forth. And, um, and we also have to look, again, like I said, we've got to look at all those different things, where, where's the position of the tail and all that stuff. If, um, that can generally be a good thing, but no one body language um, lives in a vacuum. So we never say, oh, well, the tail is wagging, everything's okay. We also have to look at, well, what are the eyes doing? What are the feet doing? What's the hair on the back doing? What's the mouth doing? What are the ears doing? Because you can have a dog, a dog tail that's wagging and could look fairly benign or even friendly, but you might have conflicting information coming from other parts of the dog. And that, I think, is one of the most common times where people are um, bitten by their, their dogs or, 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 or any dog, I should say, uh, because they're taking one thing into consideration. Um, and so they, they may not be noticing, wow, there are so many other factors that are involved here. There's so many other pieces of information um, that, um, that we, can't, um, we can't just go by the one thing. Very cool. Yeah, so everywhere we've misapplied and misidentified that a waggly or wagging tail is always a friendly dog. Can we uncreate and destroy all that? Times a godzillion. Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine, boy, shorts, and beyonds. And I like the one thing that you said. We've got to go to big here in a second. But um, if it's if you're getting conflicting information, what mm-hmm. what will it take to pay attention to conflict? This dog's in conflict. You have a question in your universe about what's going on. So what will it take to just stop right there? You know, you said it. It was conflicting. The information from the dog's conflicting. What if you're actually reading the universe of that dog and the dog is conflicted and you're conflicted? So what if everyone just stops from there? So that was really cool. Thank you very much. I have a question here from Steph that we're going to take a break, come back, and address. It's really cool about um, puppy body language. Excellent. All right. Bring it on. (laughs) Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic 
Radio Show. We are talking beyond animal body language. And along hanging out with you every Monday here at A2Zen.fm, I have an animal chiropractic practice in Denver, Colorado, where I offer animal chiropractic care, laser therapy, and energetic magic with animal sessions. Um, it's a unique way of transforming limitations into possibilities and healing um, for your animal. So each energetic session includes the use of tools and processing from access consciousness and with those, we create a different possibility with your animal's body, with their person, in their home, and beyond. So we could do um, phone sessions, which is verbal processing. Also, if you're in the Denver area, I do have a hands-on um, process that includes energetic processing and the verbal processing. So this year, 2015, we've got so much stuff coming up, um, mostly in Denver. Um, we're looking at adding some telecalls, um, and we'll keep you apprised of those. This Thursday, the 15th, we're doing an intro to the right body for you at my office with a fellow certified facilitator, Mara Claire. Um, I'm doing a five days to change your life at the end of February, end of January into February. That includes bars, foundation, and level one. We, I have my very good friend, Kara Wright, coming in from Washington State. We're going to do an intro to access with animals and entities. What? What? <laughs> um, and that's at the office. That's February 6th in the evening. I'm also doing bars that day. And then she's doing, Kara's doing a Talk to the Entities two-day class, um, again, in Denver. And that's February 7th and 8th. Oh, what do you got going on? Oh my gosh! Exactly. <laughs> the radio show for that. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, we have tonight at the training center. Uh, tonight, like every Monday night, we have uh, our free uh, community talks. Uh, tonight, the topic is puppies, 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 uh, and uh, we have a whole bunch of seminars and workshops. Uh, we are completely full for 2015, so uh, I will not list them all now, but you can find them on our website, which is trainwithgrace.com, and click on the button that says Events. Uh, you Under Events, you can find all of the Monday night talks for every Monday for the rest of the year, and uh, you can also find all of the events that are um, are uh, listed for the rest of the uh, the year. We've got different speakers and uh, seminars and workshops uh, and um, a variety of different events. Uh, some are free, some are uh, paid events, but all are very, very educational. Um, for uh, private sessions, you are welcome to give us a call at the training center uh, and schedule a get-to-know-you call. That call is a free call. Uh, the number at the training center is 303-238-3647. Yes, and one of those events is where I'm hosting at your location at Training with Grace, yeah. Susie Godsey, which is the, who is the worldwide coordinator for Talks to the Animals with Access, and that's in July. So we're doing July 28th and 29th. We're doing Beyond Training. How cool is that? So much stuff going on. All right, let me find Steph's question here. So Stephanie sent in, I met an Aussie puppy at an outdoor strip mall the other day. She was very, very shy and nervous. It was interesting to watch people ignore her obvious body language, and it felt to me like it was just because she was a puppy and they all assumed she would be fine, quote, unquote, fine. Do people tend to pass off puppy body language more than adults or adult dog body language. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I do find that that tends to happen quite a bit, that uh, 
that puppies, just like children, like human children, are uh, uh, their their messages are ignored. Um, they're not valued, and uh, uh, I even uh, with my own human child, uh, I'm I'm often I often find myself being very grateful and also being very insulted uh, by the, the, the responses of um, adult people and how she's treated. She might come up to, uh, if we're going out to a restaurant or something, she comes up to the host stand and she says, hi, my name is Rebecca and I would like a table for three, please. And, um, and they might uh, say, oh, yes, miss, please come this way. Or they might look right over her head at me and they'll say, yes, can I help you? And ignore her, and mm-hmm. uh, so so um, so so I think that that I mean that that happens in in uh, you know with humans as well as um, uh, with our animals. Um, puppies I think are often either misread or uh, ignored simply because they are puppies, and we tend to be a bit. Um, I want to say selfish. Uh, we, we, we all we want is some puppy smooches, and we pick them up, and we smooch them, and we kiss them, and we hold them, and we and we pet them. And the puppy might might not be so into that, um, but we do it to them anyway, and we only think about um, ourselves in that particular situation because who doesn't love a puppy smooch? Right. And the word yeah. that actually came up for me was forceful with them. Yes. Yeah. Oh my like, God. Like I'm going to yes. force my energy on you, and I'm going to force you go do this because you're a puppy, and you should like doing yeah. whatever yeah. you should like it you should tolerate it and so mm-hmm. um but i i do find that people come to me later on down the road with problems because they have ignored or or simply not known and they have pushed their puppy uh past its limits uh and and then later they start to develop problems so at first puppy says hey i don't like that by by maybe nipping or um maybe crinkling their nose or doing a little grumble and the human says oh stop it you're fine um by or simply ignoring cute. it I'm, I'm sorry or that's cute Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh, you're so silly. What well, at like 20 pounds, they're cute. At yeah. 80 pounds, not so cute. Not so right. cute. Yeah. And so they might not realize that they are trying to stifle uh, or a puppy's um, uh, communication or their or their attempt at communication, uh, and and then they don't realize until they have a problem later that wow, you know, that the dog has been nipping every time I try to pet him, you know, down his back, he, he turns around and he nips at me, where that puppy might have had, um, gosh, you know, trauma or an injury or um, or has been under-socialized or under-handled in an appropriate way uh, for the dog to be able to tolerate um, uh, in, in a way that is, that is appropriate in, in our world. Um, what I mean by that, and I want to elaborate on that because this is a very common one, uh, is that p- puppies... Um, uh, gosh, we, we might, let's say, pick up puppy. Um, I'm thinking of uh, specifically a puppy that was in our puppy class a, a while back. They, they would p- try to pick up the puppy, and the puppy, every time they would pick her up, it's a little corgi puppy, every time they'd go to pick her up, she would get very grumbly and feisty and nip at mom. And, and mom would tap her on the nose and say, no, you don't bite mommy. And she'd hold her real firmly and and uh, I realized um, that, you know, something's not right here. Something, this puppy doesn't feel good. And, and I actually sent her to see, I think it was either you or, or, uh, or, or another chiropractor, um, Dr. Andy. Uh, it was a little corgi, and I'm blanking on her name. I want to say it was like uh, sushi or 
Wasn't it Harley Joe? Okay. I don't I don't recall. I don't totally recall. But okay. If you sent a, a pretty feisty corgi named Yam toward yeah. to me a while back. Yeah, and it was and she was really pretty ticked off and 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 I don't recall exactly what was wrong, but something was wrong in her back end. Um and and once that was resolved, she was behaving a lot better. Uh, and so she was tolerant of touch, and she was tolerant of being picked up. Um, she didn't love it to begin with, but she was a lot more tolerant because she wasn't in pain. And, and, and I think that's important that uh, our puppies are not ignored when they tell us, hey, I don't like that. I, I, I really need you to support me on this and, and help me out. Well, and and you mentioned this corgi in particular, and that was her response to being picked up and painful. Other puppies mm-hmm. may not have that outgoing personality, and they may shudder and hide and don't touch me um, in a much softer way. Um, yeah, which so can it be doesn't... ignored even further. Yeah, uh, which which can which can actually be worse. I love it when a puppy is very very clear, uh, but but we, we're not always so lucky. Uh, you know, think about it. We we do this in in human body language as well, uh, where somebody might say, "Hey, can I borrow uh, your car? Can I, uh, you know, can I borrow your sweater?" And out of being polite, you might say, "Oh, sure, uh, go ahead." And inside, you might be saying, "I really don't want anybody wearing my clothes, or I'm afraid you might spill something on it." Uh, and and you don't say anything, and and uh, and so your 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 um your communication is a bit meek. Um, so if I, let's say, um, let's say I were to uh, ask someone, uh, if I were to ask a friend, can I borrow your sweater? And my friend says, um, well, sure, I guess. I should probably read, hmm, she's kind of having a, hesit- she's hesitating about it. I probably should say, that's okay, don't worry about it, and leave it alone. Rather than, um uh, then push and be like, well, she said yes, so I'll just go ahead and take it. So we have similar kind of stuff with puppies. If we go ahead and go to pick up a puppy and the puppy doesn't react um, in the way that this puppy, this corgi puppy reacted, maybe let's say we go to pick up this puppy and the puppy shuts, it mou- shuts its mouth and lip licks or maybe looks away or licks your hand as you pick the puppy up, it may still be telling you the very same thing, but it's it's done a little bit differently. So every personality is going to communicate a little bit differently. Yeah, and and, and of course, um, we stepped into something else. Well, the puppy licked my hand. Well, aren't puppies supposed to lick me when I pick them up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what if you could be aware of the energy behind that lick, that some are this exuberant tongue in and out, in and out, oh, hello, hello energy, and some are this soft kind of, I, I almost put a, like a pressure to it, like a, if they could, they would kind of push our hand away lick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 that may be a lot easier for me to distinguish because I get that kind of lick a lot when I get uh-huh. to spots that yeah. hurt, and that's what yeah. I do. So I'm more aware of that. But exactly. what if there's a difference between the licks that you're getting, even? And now everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, now I got to pay attention to the different yeah. licks." <laughs> so all of that times a gazillion can be great and destroy all right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine boy shorts and beyonds. And what if? Everyone could get this good with reading their dog and other dogs' body language. What if it's not as overwhelming or as complicated or um, 
whatever else, other words you want to put to it that we're going through in just this call. What if y'all play with it? What if y'all start looking at it? What if y'all just more just play with yeah, it? Yeah, with your own dogs at home. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, check them out. I, I, I do it with my dogs uh, all the time where I come up to my German Shepherd and I will get nose-to-nose with him. He will lick me to tell me to go away. Whereas I get nose to nose with my sappy and he will lick me and lick me and lick me and move in closer and lick me some more. Uh, I come in close to my lab and she will lick me a few times and then nuzzle up against me and lay down near me. So each dog gives me a a, a different um, uh, response. Um, Two of them tend to be more... uh, triggered uh, into affection where one if you get face to face with him he prefers that you don't he's still an affectionate guy but in different ways right so i definitely encourage people to try to explore a little bit yeah absolutely explore and play with your own animals that you are quote-unquote more comfortable with um do not go face to face with a strange dog uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just throw that out there as a, a mild disclaimer. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to go face to face or or push a dog that we don't know, and 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 even our own dogs that we know. If we, if if, uh, if any one of our own dogs you know ever gets a little snarky with us or or uh, or or shows us teeth or even gives us a little grumble or, or tends to turn their head away, we'll leave it at that. Uh, we don't we don't need to push them um, to the point where they're so uncomfortable that they do need to to nip or bite. Oh, very cool. Um, Tracy asks. Actually, we need to go to break. My goodness, yeah. I missed one. Let's go to break uh-huh. and come back. And Tracy has a question here. Perfect. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show here on A2Zen.fm every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Next week's show um, is January 19th, and we are going to talk choice with our animals. Um, after the show, you can reach me um, through a2zen.fm. You can go to facebook.com backslash Harper's Ridge. 
harpersridge.com, drandy at harpersridge.com. I think I covered it all. Um, and <laughs> Anna, why don't you reiterate your phone numbers, website, and all that for everybody? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we can be reached at trainingwithgrace.com. Uh, well, actually, that's where you can visit our website. Uh, there is a um, contact us uh, link there, but you're welcome to email us at info at trainingwithgrace.com. You're also welcome to e- uh, call us at 303-238-3647 uh, and uh, schedule a get-to-know-you call. Uh, we also have um, Monday night talks that are always free, 7 o'clock every Monday night at the training center, uh, or you're also welcome to call in. You just need to call the training center uh, and um, get the call-in number for the conference call. Um. And do my little disclaimer, and then we'll get to some more questions here. And as a certified animal chiropractor, I'd like to remind everyone that this information was provided for informational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any illness. If you or your animal have a health concern, you are encouraged to seek the counsel of a veterinarian who is knowledgeable in your area of interest. The not-so-exciting part of it. So we got a couple questions here, Anna. Do you want to talk about licking the air, or did um, let's go with licking the air. Okay. <laughs> People are like, what? Licking? What? Okay. So Tracy, <laughs> um, Tracy asks, what does it mean when the dog sits down and appears to be licking or quote-unquote tasting the air? Yeah, there there are a few different uh, opinions on that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I have learned and what I, um, what I understand. Uh, depending on the situation, I'd love, and I'd, I'd love, uh, is Tracy on the uh on the on the call, can she give us yes. a little more information as far as um, uh, what uh, context are you seeing it in? Because it's it can mean different things in different contexts. Well, let's see if we can get Tracy on the line. I do believe she's called in. Do do do. Oh, do. There she is. Hi, Tracy. Can you hear me? There you are. Hi. Hey, I have a dog that will, when he's outside and we're outside with him, he'll be running around all of a sudden he'll stop, put his his head up in the air and start, like, licking or, like, tasting the air. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we're inside and we're watching TV, he'll just walk up, sit down, and start, like, tasting the air. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's sticking his tongue out with his nose pointed up in the air. Yeah, yeah, and and that basically you're you're basically on track there. That that is that is what that is 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 tasting or or getting information from the air. Uh, and and um, we don't necessarily. I find myself I will sometimes um, walk into someone's home and I can taste in in my uh, gosh what is that in my in my glands I can kind of taste. Um, tension and aggression um, within the household, uh, and, and so so it is not it's not a far fetched uh, thing. Um, if he's walking around and all of a sudden he stops, um, the there are mucus glands um, around the mouth and also of course the tongue is very moist, uh, and so there's a lot of information that that it can come in through their mouth. What kind of a dog is this? What what breed of dog? Uh, a plot hound. A plot hound. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, and so. So uh, plot hounds can be, uh, you know, I, I've seen them used in uh, as scent detection work. So that's really uh, that, that's interesting. That they 
they will stop and do this. And you may even see this uh, in a dog uh, that does uh, uh, like a narcotics detection or um, uh, it's, um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it, uh, the, uh, a search dog, but they, they do this search for, um, for, uh, for a criminal, let's say. So I'm, I'm like blanking on what they call that. Um, like tracking. But, uh, but, yeah, tracking. Yes, thank you. Uh, and so they'll they'll sniff the air, and 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 um, the moisture in their in their in their body will actually help um, collect that scent. So yeah, so that's that's uh, it's information collection basically, basically is what's going on there. So what are some other examples if they're doing it if they're not simply just getting information? Yeah, it, it, some, sometimes what we see is a tongue flick which is a distance-increasing signal. So what that means Ooh, that's is... That's fancy. Yes. <laughs> what that means is, uh, and one of my dogs that does it, and he's very clear about it, is my German Shepherd. Uh, he might be, let's say, laying down in the living room, and we have uh, a puppy over, and the puppy is playing with Tatanka, and the puppy leaves Tatanka and starts to walk towards my German Shepherd. My German Shepherd will tongue flick, meaning he'll stick his tongue out like a lizard, kind of mm-hmm. forward, a bit a bit like that air air tasting kind of thing, but it's straight at the puppy, and that is a signal that says, back off, I want space. And puppy goes, oh, okie dokie, and you see puppy drop his nose to the ground, sniff the ground as he turns back to go play with Tatanka. Uh, a, a, a puppy that might not have appropriate social signals or is not appropriate at reading other dogs' body language might just bound right into Argus's space and, and Argus might uh, give him a stern correction by putting his mouth over him and giving him a grumble. Uh, and, uh, and, and the puppy might go, whoa, totally, totally have to pay attention to those signals. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but that is a, a tongue flick. It's, it's similar to that air tasting. It looks at least similar to the air tasting, but it has a different meaning. Very cool. Yeah, I was going to say, that's only if the puppy is actually aware of yeah. that signal. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and a lot are, a lot. And maybe this is a, 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 another show, but do are puppies supposed to show up knowing some of this? Yeah, yeah. Some of them do. Um, well, not, not some of them. Most are born with some right, with some body language. Mm-hmm. And it is important, and this is why, you know, again, like you said, another, a whole other topic, this is why when a mama has uh, babies, we want for those babies to stay with the mama anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks of staying with the mama so that they learn a lot of those signals from mom. Um, I, I do believe that puppies need to be socialized out in the world as well. Uh, but mamas teach them a lot of stuff. If you already have a dog that is... Um, uh, not quite appropriately, uh, doesn't have quite very good social skills, uh, we might say, hey, you know, we're going to have to make sure that we get these puppies exposed to, to another dog that has really good social skills because those social skills uh, can save lives of our uh, of our dogs. Very cool. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you, Stephanie. She says we might need a part two, body language and beyond. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for your question and more lick-lipping talk. Until (laughs) next week, how much fun can you have with your animal? (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. 
Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just how much magical fun can you have with your animals?